Welcome to Flat Church Lilongwe's Inspiring Sermon Podcast, where faith meets community. Join us on a transformative journey as we explore the word together. Stay tuned for messages that uplift and empower. Let's dive in. Jesus, we declare that you are a holy God. Jesus, we declare that you are like no other. You leave separated, set apart, that you are set apart, you are holy, and God, we thank you for your call in our lives, for us to also be holy, for you are holy, God, we pray that our hearts, we agree with that reality that our God is holy, He's like no any other person that we know. God, I pray this morning as we jump into your word, I pray, Father, may this word come to life in us, that may you help us to say yes and to live as God wants us to live. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Uh, Please remain standing as we read Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an, the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at, this, at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. And that's the word of the Lord. Go ahead and have a seat. Uh, Today I'm launching a a new sermon series uh, that we have entitled Fear Not. Fear Not, where we can find our confidence in a trustworthy trustworthy God. And that will be what encouraging us. We'll be encouraging each other to not fear because we are not alone. Now the reality is is that God never says do not fear to people who are not afraid. If you are not afraid, you do not need the phrase do not fear. But if you are afraid, you actually need the phrase do not fear. And God says do not fear so many times in Scripture is because these people are actually afraid. Now, sometimes we think that, hey, do not fear means that, you know, appearing to be stronger than we really are, you know, or maybe it means like we should not even have the feeling of fear, or maybe it means like we should be numb to fear, that we shouldn't feel anything, 
But actually, that's not God's solution to your fears. God's solution to your fears is not to make you be a superman or a wonder woman. That's not God's solution. God's solution to your fears is actually in the provision of himself. So God says, do not fear, and he gives you the reason why you should not fear. Do not fear because I am with you. Do not fear for I am with you. God's solution to your fears is that he provides his presence. So whatever you're afraid of, even now, in this moment, God provides his presence. And the more aware you are of God's presence in your life, the smaller your fears appear. And the opposite is true. The less aware of God's presence in your life, the bigger your fears appear. So it's more about focusing. If we're going to focus on God and his presence, when we look at our fears, they're going to look smaller. But if we're going to focus and not actually be aware of God's presence, every single fear is going to feel and appear bigger. And in the Christmas story, we see God who speaks to people who are afraid. We see a God who speaks to people who are unsure of themselves, people that are afraid of things, unsure and feeling insecure, people who are uncertain about what tomorrow might bring. Maybe some of them are even unwilling to consider what tomorrow will look like because they are like, I don't know how that's going to be because when I see my life today, it's actually not looking good. But the good news is that God loves to stand beside those who feel small if they are willing to trust him. If they are willing to trust him, God loves to stand closer, closer to those who feel small. Because their solution is not that they should be big. Their solution is having trust in a God who is big. Having trust in a God who is mighty. Having trust in a God who is all-powerful. So, what are you afraid of right now? What are you afraid of? Right now, in the passage that we have read uh, today, we see an angel visiting Mary. Mary was engaged to a guy called Joseph, and they're preparing to move in together to start doing life together. As they were in between to do that, uh, she gets this visitation from an angel, and the angel says to Mary, Greetings, Mar greetings Mary, highly favored one. And she gets baffled by this. And before she could process this, he says to her, by the way, you can have a son. You're going to have a son. And you're going to name him Jesus. And, uh, you know, before she even processes that, and he talks about how amazing this son is going to be. He's going to take on the throne of his father, David. Wow. His kingdom is going to reign forever. It's going to reign forever. Now Mary is like, okay, wait a minute, how is this going to be now? And the, the angel says, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And then she responds by saying, I am the Lord's servant. May your, we, may your word be fulfilled. May your word be fulfilled. You know, often... We want to move towards the direction where God is calling us. But before we take a step, we want to be sure of what it is that he's calling us into. We want to be sure, we want to make sure that 
you know, we understand fully how everything else is going to pan out. So we are like, I'm not going to really take a step unless I understand how everything else is going to happen. You know, because for her, probably, you know, what she's thinking, like, when the angel says, you're going to have a son, she's thinking, what, praise God, maybe in our first year of marriage, we're going to be pregnant and have this child, right? And then she understands it more, and it's like, no, that's actually going to happen sooner, and it's going to actually happen before I actually get married. It's going to happen. And it's like, what? And it's not going to happen in a way that everybody's used to know that it happens. It's going to be different. And this is crazy. And let's not pretend that she understands everything that's happening here. This, what, what the angel is declaring is actually impossible. You know, imagine somebody comes to you and say, by this time tomorrow you're going to be in Dubai. And you don't have an air ticket and your passport is expired. And you're in Malawi. Yay. Almost impossible, right? How is this going to be? How is this going to be? There's no passports. Uh, what books are the immigration? That's going to happen. But the reality is that we want to understand everything, how it's going to pan out before we take a step. But for Mary, before she could fully understand, she chose to trust God. Before she could fully get it, she chose to trust God. She chose to trust God. So she's like, no, I'm going to trust God. Because trusting God is not really about getting it. But it's more about moving towards the direction of where God is pointing. Trusting God is not really about getting it. But it's more about following God's voice. God is pointing me towards that direction. And I want to go into that direction. So she's like, even though I don't understand, but here I am. I am the Lord's servant. So you might not fully understand, or you might not fully get how all of this is going to happen. But you know what? Mary is like, I don't need to know how this is going to happen. So she resolved that she doesn't need to fully understand God's intentions. She doesn't need to fully understand God's plan. She doesn't need to fully understand of how God is going to work things out. She knows what God is asking her, but she doesn't know how what God is asking her will pan out. But she still says yes, because she knows the what, but God knows the how. She knows the what, but God knows the how. And that's the same applies to us, that I can know the what, but I will leave the how to God. That God knows how, he's going to sort this out. So she considers I would do the easier part, which is the what. I understand that. But the difficult part, I will leave that to God because God is better at maneuvering and sorting out difficult things than I can be. And that I leave that to God. And how many times have we missed God because we wanted to fully understand everything before we took a step? How many times have we missed to encounter God on a journey that is calling us on? Because we wanted to fully get it before we can fully take a step forward. And Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. My job is just to agree with God. Your job is just to say yes to God. And let God use your yes and how he wants. 
your job is just to obey God. But God, but how God uses your obedience, that's not up to you, that's up to God. Let him work that out. Let him work that out. And for somehow we we confuse having faith with not having uncertainty in our lives. We think that having faith means being certain of everything else. But actually, that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says that faith is having confidence, not in something that you have right now, but having confidence in something you hope for. That's what faith is. Having confidence in something that you hope for. What do you hope for? Do you hope for God to provide for you? Having faith is living like you know that God will provide for you. What are you hoping for? Are you hoping that God will protect you? Having faith is living knowing that God will protect you. You are having hope or having confidence in something that you hope for. And then the second part of that, it says faith is being sure of what you cannot see. So you have confidence in what you hope for, which is not today, but in the future. And then at the same time, you are sure. You are sure of what you cannot see today. So faith is not about being sure because I see everything clearly. No, no, no. I'm sure of something that I cannot see. So therefore, faith is taking a step forward before you have the evidence of how this is going to work out. Faith is action before evidence. That's what faith is. So having faith has nothing to do with having situations that are uncertain. In fact, if you are certain of everything, probably you don't need faith. Only those who are uncertain, they're the ones that need it. You cannot walk in faith and fully understand how everything is going to work out. Either you're going to have a full understanding or you're going to have faith, but you cannot have both. You cannot walk in faith and feel like I don't need to have any uncertainties in my life. In fact, it is in the face of uncertainty that your faith is filled. Is anybody feeling uncertain right now? Like with the, how the economy is working and everything else? It is in the face of this uncertainty that our faith is going to be filled. It is in the face of your fears that your faith will actually thrive. So having faith does not mean having no feelings of fear. Having faith is feeling the fear, but still choosing to go towards the direction that God is calling you. That's faith. So what are you afraid of right now? What are you afraid of? Some of you are afraid of your fears maybe coming from a place of not knowing if you're going to be provided for because of how crazy the economy is. Some of you maybe are afraid of the future. Some of you are scared right now. You don't know what's going to happen to your health. Some of you are afraid right now because you don't know if you're going to get that job or if you're going to get that business deal. Or if you're going to get that scholarship. Some of you are afraid right now. And you're like, I don't know. I cannot choose a different direction from where I'm on right now. 
Some of you are sitting here terrified. You're terrified of the direction that God is calling you on. What's your fear? Now, some of you are like, I'm sorry, brother, can I relate? I have no fears, right? Uh, I married an Australian, and the Australians love to say a phrase, good on ya, which is good for you, right? Good on ya. So if you have no fears, good on ya. But you know, sometimes you cannot have any feelings of fear because you have chosen to live a safe life. You have chosen to live a life where you are unwilling to do anything else that's bigger than yourself. You have chosen to be safe, to be comfortable. You are no longer willing to move out of your boundaries. So you might be feeling safe, but actually it's not true insecurity. Are you willing to do something for God? Are you willing to go to a place that you could see God do something bigger than yourself? You know, the angel says, and the power of the Holy Spirit, of the Most High, will overshadow you. And so the Holy One born will be called the Son of God. When the Spirit of God comes and overshadows, that which comes out of, out of that place is actually life. Do you remember in creation? Yeah, the, eighth was, the earth was without void. It was formless, in other words. And the Spirit of God comes in. And life comes out of that. So the same picture here. That Mary will be overshadowed by the power of God's spirit. And that which is going to come out of her, it's going to be life. When you say yes to God, you're going to be covered by God's spirit. And that which is going to come out of you, it's going to be life. It's going to be life. For some of us, maybe we're not afraid of anything. We're not fearing. And we're not feeling any feelings of fear. Not because we are full of faith, but because we have confidence in what we have, not in what we hope to have. We have confidence in what we can see, but not in what we cannot see. Are you willing to have confidence in something that you hope for? Are you willing to have confidence in something that you cannot see, to be sure of something that you cannot see? So you're like, I've got money, I'm good. I've got education, I'm good. I've got family, I'm good. That's you having confidence in what you have, but that's not faith. Living a life of faith is having confidence in what you hope for and being sure of what you cannot see. So are we willing to take bold steps for God? Like, are you willing to position yourself to be in a place where you're saying, if God doesn't show up, I might even be an embarrassment. That if God doesn't show up, Things are not going to look good. Are you willing, even in the face of fear, to embrace that which God wants for you? And that's the direction that God wants us to take. Now, I have just, you know, two truths that I see in this passage that will be an encouragement for us to embrace our reality that though we might face fear, we're still going to go ahead. We're still going to forge ahead. And the first truth we see in this passage is that remember that what we fear does not determine God's favor in your life. What you fear does not determine God's favor in your life. Verse 28 says, The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. 
highly favored and Mary is baffled by this. Is like, what kind of greeting is this? Highly favored. Have you ever heard somebody like say something nice about you? And you're like, thank you, but I don't, I don't feel that. Yeah? Like they say, like, you are an amazing, humble person. Like you just got this uh, you know, amazing kindness in you. And you're like, oh, that feels nice, but I don't see that in me, right? That's what's happened with Mary. Like you're highly favored. It's like, that's a nice, but I don't feel like I am highly favored. And sometimes we doubt to fully embrace the things that God is saying about us. We doubt. We don't fully trust that what, is, what God is saying about us is actually true. And I think one of the reasons, it could be so many reasons, but one of the reasons why we doubt to believe or to trust what God says about us is true is because we are unwilling to go to a place where we can experience the things that God says about us. We are unwilling to position ourselves to be in a place where we can truly experience these amazing things that God is saying about us. So God says to you, I will strengthen you. I'll give you strength. But you are unwilling to go to a place where you will receive the strength, which often is a place where you need to let your weakness be exposed. God says, I will, I will strengthen you. I will stand by your side. I will make you bored. But you're unwilling to go to a place that you can face adversity where God is going to make you bored. Some of us will not fully, truly experience the things that God says about us unless we break the barriers, unless we go to a places that we are afraid of, unless we, we are willing to be dangerous for God, that we can move in a place where God is calling me. Because your temptation is to full, you want to fully get it. You want to fully understand everything. But sometimes God will put you in a place, maybe even a place of uncertainty. Because there he knows that that, that place is going to highly expose the reality that you are highly favored in that space. But are you willing to get there? Are you willing to get in that place? You are highly favored. You are highly favored. And because you are highly favored, because you embrace that reality that God favors you, God loves you, then you can walk into something that you're afraid of because you know that God fully loves you. You know, the opposite of fear is not courage. According to the scripture, the opposite of fear is actually love. It's love. First John 4, 18 says, there is no fear in love. There's no fear in love. That means the opposite is true, right? In love, there is no fear. In love, there is no fear. And sometimes, some of us are afraid because we don't fully trust that God loves us so much that he can have our back wherever he's going to call us into. Some of us, our feelings of fear comes from actually a place of doubt where you don't fully trust that if I jump into something that God is calling me into, he's going to have my back there. We don't trust that. But God loves you so much that wherever you're going to move into, he's going to have your back because he has promised to never leave you nor forsake you. 
I noticed that before the angel tells Mary about Jesus and everything else, the angel tells Mary that she is highly favored. And that's because there is nothing that we could do to gain God's favor. The angel wanted Mary to understand that before she carried Jesus, she is already favored by God. That she's not going to carry Jesus to be favored by God, but because she's favored by God, therefore she can carry and she will carry Jesus. You're not going to do something for God to be favored by God, but because you're favored by God, therefore you're going to do something for God. And the good news is that when you do something for God, you don't do it by yourself. You do it with God. That's the good news. So the angel says to Mary, the Lord is with you. You are not alone. The Lord is with you. The second reality that we see in this, for you to move towards where God is calling you, is you need to remember that there is beauty in your calling. There is beauty in the call. Just listen to what's going to happen, verse 29. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to your son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. When God calls you, you will either pay attention to the fear that you're feeling, or you're going to pay attention to the beauty that's in the calling. When God is calling you, you have two choices. The choice of paying attention to how scared you feel or paying attention to how beautiful, paying attention to the beauty that you can find in the calling. You know, Mary had a choice to choose the fear of being mocked by people and the community around her. But she chose the beauty of God that was in the calling, which was going to bring restoration to many people. You know, Mary risked to be left by her husband. She could have chosen that fear, but she chooses the beauty in the fear, which is going to, she looks at Jesus and what he's going to do. He's going to bring restoration and establish his kingdom. You know, Mary had a choice to choose, to be like, you know what, I'm going to choose my fear because I'll be rejected if I take this path that God is calling me on. But she says yes to God because she wants to see God's kingdom on full display. And you might be facing something right now. God is calling you to a, to a space and you're afraid, how am I going to survive? How will I have everything that I need? I don't have all the answers. How is this going to be? You're focusing only on your fears. Have you wondered about focusing on the beauty that would be in the calling? Have you focused on the goodness that you experience when you say yes? Have you focused on, on the grace that God is going to give you when you say yes? Have you focused on the healing, the joy that you and other people will experience when you say yes? Instead of focusing, what if it fails? What if you focus on what if it works? But also we know that even if it fails, you're never going to be alone. God is with you. God is with you. So are you willing to go to a place that God is inviting you? Now, some of us, we're going to remain where we are. But just because you choose to remain where you are does not mean where you are is good. 
Some of us are, are so afraid to change our bad habits because changing our bad habits means losing friends or maybe, or maybe losing the little joy that we find whenever we participate in that bad habit. But staying in there, you know this is not good for you. Some of us are so afraid of being alone that we are stuck in toxic relationships. But being in that connection is actually not good for you. Some of us are so afraid to consider a new, a new direction that God is calling us, a new career, new ministry direction, new work direction. And we are like, no, I'm, this is the life I've always known. So I want to just be here. But just because you're there doesn't mean where you are, it's good. Where it's good is where God is. And often that's a place of uncomfortability. But where God is is better than where you're comfortable. So you're going to move a walk with God. Now, I don't think the calling on your life is to just live a life where you're just not afraid. Like we are not just being called to not be afraid for the sake of not being afraid. But actually we are being called to not be paralyzed by fear. Because what, ex what excites us is actually the God's kingdom. That we are more excited to see God's kingdom on full display. That other people will experience the kingdom of God when we say yes. Are you willing to see good in the world? Are you excited about seeing good in the world? If you are, then you are being concerned about God's kingdom. So move towards that direction. And that's going to look different for all of us. You know, for me, seeing God's kingdom on full display, it's in the church space. But for you, it could be in your business to see God's kingdom on full display. It could be in your work. It could be in government, wherever God is calling you. Now, some of us are unwilling to move towards where God is calling us because we are afraid of what people will say or what people are saying. You know, I used to, no, I still have a friend of mine, but I used to work with him uh, years ago. Uh, this friend of mine, he would ask advice almost for anything. Like that's, like, like that's a trait that I admire, you know, in this guy. Like he seeks wisdom on almost anything. You know, sometimes he would like, uh, have a misunderstanding with somebody else, and then uh, he would write a text to send to that person. But before he sends it, he would come to me and say, Hey, Humphreys, so this happened, and um, I, um, I want to send this text to them. Can you read it through before I send it? So I would be like his chat GBT, you know, like, you know, go through that, and let's change the tone, let's do that, let's do it. And be like, I think it's good. And then he will send it, and that relationship would be mended. I really so admired about that, about him. And there are times when you go to someone else to seek wisdom, and they give you brilliant and amazing words, and it's, it's beautiful wisdom that you should embrace, and it's good for you. But there are times when you go to someone else, and they give you advice, and it's not really wisdom, but actually it's their fears being projected onto you. I don't know if you've ever had those situations where you go seeking wisdom to somebody, but actually what they're doing is they're just projecting their fears to you. And this is why we need to be very careful. When our lives are gripped with fear, sometimes we feel like it's just going to affect only us, but actually fear leaks. It begins to affect those around you. 
begins to affect those around him. This is why scriptures wants us to move towards where God is calling us. So what are you afraid of? Actually, I want to change that. I don't want to ask you what are you afraid of. Because I don't want you to just move out of here with the word fear. What beauty are you excited to see in the world? That's the question I want to ask you. What beauty are you excited to see in your work, in your family, in your business? What beauty are you excited to see in your life? And are you willing to move towards that? Just close your eyes for a moment. Some of you already know where God is calling you. You already know where God is inviting you to step into. But you're just gripped by fear. God wants you to embrace his calling in your life. Maybe just take a moment to just pray for yourself where you're saying, God, help me to move towards the direction of where you're calling me. God, help me to walk into that reality. Help me, God, to move towards that beauty that I hope to see in my world. Just, just pray for a moment. to you Lord now you could be here this morning and you have not really given your life to Jesus you could be here this morning and you have no connection with God the boldest move you can take today is actually to move towards Jesus that Jesus says yes to you already are you willing to say yes to him the thing that you could do today is for you to say, Jesus, I want to have a relationship with you. If you have never given your life to Jesus, I want to just take a moment. We can just pray this simple prayer. Just pray, Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me of my sin. Just pray that, Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me of my sin. If you have never given your life to God, if you don't have a connection with Jesus, just offer that simple prayer. Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me of my sin. Now, if you have prayed that prayer, you have taken the boldest move you ever take in your life because Jesus changes your life. If you have prayed that prayer, I want you to just raise your hand. If you prayed the prayer, yes, I give you my life. I want you to just raise your hand. Praise God. I want to pray for you. If you have prayed that prayer, Jesus, I give you my life. God, I thank you. Our brothers and sisters who have taking a bold step to have a connection with you, Jesus. I thank you, Father, for in you they already they'll find out that you're already excited about them, that you've been celebrating them all along, that you were preparing something beautiful for them all along. And in you they will find that they are highly favored to come into God's kingdom. So Jesus, I ask, may you be the Lord and King of their lives that they would move and, and always choose the way of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.